All right, Faith Promise, how are we doing this weekend? Come on. You guys excited to be in church? Man, we are so glad to have you guys here. My name is Zach Stevens. It is my privilege and my honor to serve as a global student pastor here at Faith Promise Church. This is Fusion Weekend. All of our camps, can we go crazy for Fusion Weekend? It's been amazing. It's been fantastic. So good. Uh, man, I, I just want to take a second, and before we talk about the amazing things that God did at Fusion Weekend and the very challenging message that God has for us this weekend, I just want to take a second and say thank you. I, I know it seems like when I get up here, I'm, I'm always thanking you, but I get the privilege of, of being a part of churches uh, all over the nation and doing some coaching and different things like that, and sometimes we, we, we get used to what we have. We get used to the move of God that's going on here, and, and I, I just hope, I hope that we don't. I hope that it doesn't become commonplace, the, the just crazy gifts that God has rained on this place. And I just want to take a second and say thank you. Thank you for not just the people who served at Fusion, but just everybody, your generosity, uh, your investment, may, maybe financially, maybe in time, maybe in prayer. I don't know what it looks like. But at, at Fusion Weekend, it's just such a, such a microcosm, such a caricature, if you will, of, of all that God does when we serve. We get to see the supernatural. People go from death to life. People go from being like, like our theme verse for the year. People go from being poor to having abundance. People from being captives to being free. The blind to seeing. We see all this stuff, and it's crazy that God lets us be a part. But he lets us be a part because we'll surrender and we'll serve. So if you serve at Faith Promise Church and FE students or FE kids or in groups, anything like that, I just want to say thank you. Uh, can, can, we just get, can we just get really excited and just say thank you for all the people who served at Fusion, all of you who stayed up with all those students, crazy. They are they are better Christians than me, no question. So uh, at, at FB Students, we want to be a part of everything that God's doing. We want to propel this house into everything that God has challenged us to do. That's why we exist at FP Students and a Faith Promise to help real people with real problems experience God's real love. That, but we, we don't want to just stop at, at, the, at, our, at our mission statement. We want to go even further. So the theme verse for the year for Faith Promise is Luke 4, 18 and 19. It was also our theme verse for, for, uh, for Fusion. But before, I just want to take a moment. And only eternity will count all, all of the supernatural things that happen uh, at, at Fusion. The people set free and all that stuff. But on Friday night, Pastor Chris uh, gave salvation. And, and what I hold in my hand is 50-plus cards of students who gave their life to Christ and made decisions for Jesus. Is that not amazing? That's only one night. It's only one night. So uh, I'm, I'm excited because I can tell you story after story, but I just, I just can't wait for you to see. I can't wait for you to see miracle after miracle of, of students who are doing something ridiculous for Jesus uh, in, in, in their lives, in their homes, and in their schools. So the theme verse for Fusion is the same as the theme verse for our year, which is Luke 4, 18 and 19. For the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. There is so much power. There's so much authority. There's so much freedom. There's so much in this verse. And we, so we've just been immersed in it at Fusion. And we've just been asking the Holy Spirit to make it a reality in our lives. 
And, and me personally, I, I had the privilege of being able to work with Pastor on the book, follow the filling for this year, and, and, and trying to pick out a verse. And so we, we, we picked this verse uh, for, for a lot of reasons, but there's a guy on our staff named Drew Wells who, who helps us, you know, who he puts all the book together and helps with continuity and all that kind of stuff. And, and what he did is when we picked that verse as the theme verse, he just challenged us to say, hey, is that Jesus' ministry or is that our ministry as well? And it was a great question. I went home and, and just processed and thought, but as I read through the Gospels and read through the New Testament, you know, the same spirit that rested on Jesus is the same spirit that's in us. The same, Jesus said that you will do the same thing that I did and greater. I really believe, I'm really convicted that that, that that ministry that Jesus said he was called to is also the one that he passed to us when he passed us his Holy Spirit. However, whenever we read it, it seems to lack a certain reality. When we read that passage, whenever we start to process through it, there seems to be a certain reality that gets lost. It seems to be more information. So the question is, the challenge is, what do we do with this information? What is our, what is our response to this prophecy? Here's another way to look at it. What is, what is, the, what is the reality of this prophecy for us today? What, 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 is, what does it look like? How, how are we supposed to live? And as I've processed that, as I've asked God to move and, and help me, I've been so challenged. And what I'd love to do is I would love, I would love to pass that to you today. And I would love for us to think through it. And I believe that God is going to open our eyes in a way like we've never experienced this weekend. Can we just take a moment and give this service and give this moment to God? God, we come before you right now. And I just pray that you would bend us. Bend us to your will. Open our eyes. Let us see what you want us to see. God, move on us. Please, please, please. Abba, Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Press into us. God, you've called us for such a time as this. Called us for an amazing purpose. Help us to know it, receive it, believe it, and walk in it. God, it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. So when you spend the weekend with a 1,000 students, there's a word that comes to mind. That word is desperation, okay? My friend, that word is desperation. First, on Friday, when the students come in, right, there's desperation in the students' eyes. They want to have fun, right? They want to eat junk food. They want to be away from their parents. They just want, they just want to party, right? It's crazy. And then, slowly throughout the week, and you see the desperation move from the students to the adults as they've not slept and as they thought about choking one or two of them, Right? as they've thought about it, right? I don't know if they did. That guy, I, can't, I can't be everywhere, right? So the, the desperation has moved in there. And, and desperate, desperation is not just for Fusion Weekend, right? There's some UT football fans out there. We see you guys, right? I don't know if you know, y'all acting crazy. They televise those events, okay? Some of y'all should wear a mask or something, right? Every time we get a new coach, which is like twice a week or something like that, feels like 98, right? Hashtag 98. It always feels that way. There's desperation. But in reality, when you think about the word desperation, we, we don't experience that a whole lot because we're blessed, and it's amazing. God, God, God has given us so much, and God has given us a great place to be and to live, but if you really think about it, when would you say that you live in desperation? What would you say what, something you're desperate for? It's not a place that we usually live. However, desperation is a mark of the filling of the Holy Spirit. Desperation is a mark of following the filling, and faith promised this will be a challenge for us. Because desperation is not somewhere we usually live. Desperation is not something that we usually feel. Actually, if we feel it, we do our best to fix it, right? It is definitely not something that we pursue, something we go after. So this will be a challenge. But if you would allow me to, I would love for you to share with you 
some revelations that God has brought me to in Scripture. See, if you read the verses right after our theme verse, our theme verse is Luke 4, 18 and 19. Right past that is Luke 20, 20, uh, 22, 20 through 22. Now, now watch this closely. And he, that's Jesus, closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all the synagogue, the church, were fixed on him. Now that's important. Remember that we're going to come back to it. They were all fixed on him. Some translations say they were, they, they were, they, their eyes were fastened on him. They were just, they were glued to him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And, and, and all, now this is big. And all were speaking well of him and wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips. Some say that about me, gracious words just falling. Never mind. Okay, so, and they were saying, is this not Joseph's son? Now, now get this. In the same sentence, they said, wondering about the gracious words that were falling from his lips. But look, right after that, they made an excuse not to hear him. They even said, these are amazing. These are great words. These are words of freedom. Wow, mind blown. But isn't this Joseph's son? Listen, we're going to get a revelation from God this weekend, today. God is going to push you to change something in your life, in your thought pattern, how you live. But can I please, can I beg you, do not explain it away with the who are you mentality. Maybe you may look at me and say, who are you? You're a kid. You're just the pastor's son. Who are you to, to challenge me to change my whole life? I'm, I'm, I'm coming here today with God's words. Maybe you have a who are you mindset about yourself and you're like, I know what I've done. I know what I've been. I can't overcome it. I can't live out our verse. I can't be that. I can't be filled with the Spirit. Please do not explain away God's words with your doubts. They missed the heavenly, they missed Jesus with the who are you, who is this mentality. But see, if we process that, we see that the eyes were fixed on him. The eyes were fastened on him. I wonder why that is. See, most of them have probably heard this passage before. This is a pretty popular passage out of Isaiah. They have probably heard it before. I wonder why they were handling it differently. Right? Why were their eyes fastened on him? I believe for the first time, this passage went from information to desperation. I believe for the first time, I think Jesus got there and he read it and there was something different. There was something different in his eyes and his mannerisms and his voice. There was something different as he was walking through the poor and the captives and the oppressed and the blind and the favorless. There was something different. What was it? I am convicted that this passage in their hearing, in their sight, went from information to desperation. And we're going to unpack that more, what happened in the room. But before we do that, can I ask you this question, Faith Promise? Are we filled with information or desperation? When it comes to the things of God, are we filled with information? This is a game changer. Or are we filled with desperation? See, Faith Promise, these things are not competing. And they're not opposites. They're not. However, if we stop at information and never make it to desperation, we are woefully short. I don't even think we're even experiencing what God has called us to. So what is the difference between information and desperation. Just look at the definition. So information is this. Information is facts provided or learned about someone or something. We know that. We get that. That's, that's the definition of information. What about desperation? Desperation is this, a state of despair. Something has pushed this person in the definition to a place of despair. Typically one which results, something happens in rash or extreme behavior. 
So something's happened. Something has been learned or seen or something that has pushed them to, to rash or extreme behavior. See, learning, which is great, or, 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 or information, is, which is great, but it's, information alone is for academia. It's for learning. It's for fantasizing about what, what was or what could be. But see, when information is pushed to desperation, it goes from academia to action. See, when, when information is pushed to desperation, it goes from learning to leading. See, when, when information is pushed to the point where it affects you in your reality to push you to desperation, we go from fantasizing to actually fighting. It's a way different experience. So why do we gravitate so much more towards information than desperation, and me included. Why do we do that? Why do we go so much more towards academia than to action? Get this faith promise. This is massive. Please, please, please. God wants to set us free, release us to our full potential in ministry, but we have to get this. Information alone can be a false filling. Information alone can be a false filling. See, information can make us feel good. Information can make us feel full, but it's a false filling. That's what it is. Actually, you know, what it, you know what it is? Information can lead to following the feeling. Information can lead to following the feeling. But how many of us are tired of following the feeling? It's led to divorce. It's led to heartache. It's led to, to bondage and addiction. The feeling is not what we're called to follow. We're called to follow the filling. Desperation will lead to following the filling. Desperation will lead to following the filling, but desperation is the only thing that's gonna push us to we're so uncomfortable that we will actually follow the filling. Can I give us just a massive warning from God? I mean, a massive warning from our Heavenly Father. In 2 Timothy, Paul is writing to, to, to one of his sons in the faith. Timothy's writing to him. He's telling him what's, what's going on. And he's tell, talking about the last days, right, before Jesus. He's talking about the last days. And he's describing what people will look like. They'll be lovers of self and all this stuff. But this verse just, it, it, caught, our, it caught our mind. This is huge. In 2 Timothy 3, 5, it, it, it says this about people in the last days. Holding a form of godliness though they have denied its power. Avoid such men, such people, such men, such women as these. Holding a form of godliness, but denying its power. Information alone is a form of godliness. You know the right answers. You know what to say. You know how to act. You know that the church in ease, right? Jesus, Jesus, right? But do you see power in your life? Because whenever we push past information into desperation, that's when we'll have power. Faith promises can't be us. It breaks my heart to think, avoid such men and women, avoid such people as these. I pray that God would see us as a place to push people to and to prompt people to visit, not a place where people need to avoid because we have a form of godliness instead of the reality of a desperation. Faith promises can't be us. Can I be so bold? Can I be so desperate to say? It'd be better if we didn't read our Bible. It'd be better if we didn't spend time with God if it's for information alone. I say that because if we read it for information alone, we'll have a false, a false filling. But if we would stop reading it, if we're just reading it for information, if we'd stop reading it, at least we would feel empty. 
I believe that there's more hope in feeling empty than having a false feeling. Because at least that emptiness will drive you to desperation. Where that false feeling will keep you lulled to sleep when you're really starving. More important, the people around you are starving. So hungry. We can't be lulled to sleep by that. Knowledge in this moment is not power. Desperate obedience is power. Right? Because, because if knowledge was enough, God wouldn't have had to send Jesus. Right? Does that make sense? If knowledge was enough, God wouldn't have had to send Jesus. The Bible is great. The Bible is amazing. But if you're reading it just for information, you're reading it wrong. I, I, I'm not being prideful, I'm not being mean, but if we're reading it just for information, we are reading it wrong. See, if knowledge was enough, then the Bible would have been the helper. There would not have been a reason to send the Holy Spirit. But Jesus, after he died, he said, I'm going to send you a helper, a comforter, a spirit of truth. If the Bible was enough, he, it, the Bible would have been the comforter. The Bible would have been our friend. The Bible would have been the spirit of truth. But it wasn't, so he sent the Holy Spirit to prompt us to desperation, to live out what God has called us to do. See, let's go back to in Luke, whenever Jesus read that, when Jesus read Luke 4, 18 and 19. See, remember I told you there was something different. Because when Jesus read it, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is, is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim to the good news to the poor, freedom to the captives. When he said all that, when he talked about, when he talked about the poor, the captives, the blind, the oppressed, the favorless, he didn't see information. He saw people. He saw real people with real problems who needed God's real love, and it pushed him to desperation where he, he had to do something. It wasn't just something he saw in a devotional that made him have warm fuzzies. It was something that pushed him to the point where they said, either we kill him or we can't stop him. What if that was us? See, that's how Jesus saw it. But the people in the room that day in that church, at that synagogue, they weren't looking for desperation. They were looking for information. I'm not judging their hearts. I can tell that because of their response. See, Pastor, last week, as he spanked all of us, if you missed it, please go enjoy it. He talked about one of the marks of being filled with the Spirit was the fruit of the Spirit. When these people heard Jesus bring reality to this prophecy, when they heard him go from information to desperation, they wanted to kill him. Why is that? Because they did not view themselves as poor, as captive, as blind as oppressed. They just saw it as little words, maybe somebody far off. Faith promise, what about us? How do we view ourselves? How do we view the people around us? Because I think if we viewed ourselves, that we pursue our relationship with God, if we saw ourselves as poor, as oppressed, if we knew that about ourselves, instead of getting glossy-eyed by information, that we pursue our relationship with God, the intimacy, a little harder. I think that if we walked around and we saw people like our husbands and our, our wives and our kids and our coworkers, the people at the grocery store, anybody that we saw, if we saw them as poor, as captive, then we would respond differently. See, if you ask a poor person or, or a captive or, or a blind person, if you ask them, do you want to receive power? Do you want to receive freedom? Do you want to receive your sight? There's this, there's this guttural, almost animalistic, yes! And people inside, whether they know it or not, we pass them every day, and that's how they feel. But when we read Luke 4, 18 and 19, 
It's words. It's information. And it's God, it's begging us to push it to desperation. Because desperation, desperation is recognizing that you need a filling. Desperation is recognizing that you and the people around you need a filling. I know this is challenging. I know it is. I've been sitting in this, and it's been changing me. Every part of me, how I think, how I'm, how I'm married, how I treat my wife, how I treat my kids, how I, I say the weirdest things to people I don't know. Right? right? It's making me weird. I was weird before, as Pastor talked about last week. This is when Jesus came and made this a reality. It made it more challenging. Can I tell you, as, as I process this myself, some questions that I ask myself? I ask myself, how long am I willing to wait on God before I give up? Maybe it's about witnessing. Maybe it's about giving. Maybe it's about serving. I don't know what it is, but how long am I willing to wait on God? What am I willing to do? If God asked me to stop somebody, am I willing to? If God asked me to give more, am I willing to? What am I willing to do? How about this? What am I willing to not do? Can I just give you a small example? God told me to not watch TV on Monday nights with my family and for us to watch a sermon together, to have a Sabbath together that evening. And I was like, no, no. God, I, I, I work hard. I want to be able to do this. And I just caught myself. What? What? Are you kidding me? A big bang theory? Rerun. There's no desperation near that. Not an ounce of desperation near that. So faith problems, are we willing to be desperate? Are we willing to empty ourselves to see God use us? Are we willing to follow the filling? What would motivate somebody to live this life? What would motivate, because I, I, I can feel it at all of our campuses, the tension right now, right? Either you're thinking, you know, you're trying to burn a hole with me, uh, in me with your eyes or, you know, you're, 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 you have this internal struggle. I've had it. I've felt it. I know it. What would motivate us to live a life of desperation? I've got three things that I've gotten to. One, I remind myself every day what Jesus did for me. That he thought I was worth dying on the cross, letting people rip his beard out, letting people rip the skin off his back and dying on a cross via asphyxiation, dying, letting every breath go out so that I could breathe actual breath, knowing what Jesus did for me. And I can start to feel a motivation for desperation and not one bent out of guilt or obligation, but one built out of love and a, just a desire because somebody loved me so much. Love is the best motivator and that's the one that we pull from. Our desperation is one pulled from love. Not only that God loves us, but he loves people and they don't know it knowing what Jesus did for me. And then I know who I am. I'm not a husband, a father, a, a, a son, a brother. That's not who I am first. When I look in the mirror, despite all of the lenses the devil tries to put on me, I am a son of God first. I am a bought with a price, prince of peace first. That's who I am first, right? That's who we are. And you can start to feel it. You can start to feel the momentum of desperation building as the love pushes me to it. And number two, as, the, as the, the, the confidence that I can because I'm a son of God. And the last thing is I will give an account. I will give an account for how I lived my life. I will stand before God and he will ask me, 
what did you do with the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit that I put in you? And as I closed my eyes and I processed that, which I, I would encourage you, don't hide from that until you get there. I would take some inventory of your priorities via that question. And as I thought about it, this is what I came to mind. I would hate for God to look at me and say, Zach, all of the social justice warriors of your day, the left, the right, the people who march on, on, on Washington and on Wall Street, right, for, their, for either sexual preferences or for, for, for wh wh whatever it might be, if he were to look at me and say, why were they more passionate? Why were they more desperate for their cause than you were for mine? I, I can't live with that. I can't live with that. We can't live with that. See, you've heard the phrase, desperate times call for desperate measures. But can I tell you, desperate times call for desperate people. Desperate times call for desperate people. And we're in desperate times, Faith Promise. But it's okay because we've been in desperate times before. There was a man named John the Baptist who came before Jesus, had the spirit of Elijah on him, right? Covered in goat hair and ate locusts. This man was crazy. Had crazy faith. But when he got put in prison, he started to doubt as well. In Matthew 11, 2 through 5, it says this. This is now when John, John the Baptist, was in prison. He was going to get his head cut off. He probably didn't know that yet. But he was in prison. Heard the works of Christ, of Jesus. He sent by word of his disciples and said to them, Are you, this is what they asked him. Are, remember this sentence. Are you the expected one? Are you the Messiah? Are you, are you the Christ? Or should we expect someone else? Jesus answered. Now, there's some similarities. Catch this. Go and report to John what you hear and see. Hear information, see desperation. The blind receive their sight. That sound familiar? The lame walk, the leopards are cleansed and the deaf hear. The, the, uh, the, the dead are raised and the poor have, have the gospel preached to them. That sounds a lot like our theme verse for the year. Blind receiving sight, people receiving freedom. That is what it is. Whenever people need a proof, it's people filled with the Holy Spirit who live out what Jesus called us to. See, we shouldn't, if John the Baptist had questions, we shouldn't be full of surprise or, or even offended if our world has questions. But our lives should be the response to that question. You remember what they said? They said, should we expect someone else? But I believe if we live out our verse for the year, if we live with the Spirit of the Lord on us because He has anointed us to live a life of desperation, our world will know they need not look for anything or anyone else because they'll find him in our loving, desperate affection for them. A life of following the filling. If that's you at Faith Problems, you say, that's what I want. A life of following the filling. Filling is a life of desperation. A life of following the filling is a life of desperation. So here's what I'd like to do. At all of our campuses, if throughout this message, you say, you know, I, I want a filling. I, I, I want to go past information. I want to be desperate. That's what I want to be. I don't, I don't know exactly what it means, and, and I don't know exactly what I'll do, but I want to be desperate. I am willing to step out and be desperate enough to do what God calls me to do. 
What I'm going to ask you is I want to pray over you. I want to pray a filling over you. And I want to ask God to move. But I think we need to be bold first at all of our campuses. Right now, would you stand up? If you say, hey, I want a filling. I want to see God fill me. I want to feel a desperate filling. Would you just stand up at all six of our locations? If that's you, it's not for everybody. I get it. A life of desperation is not for everybody. Stand up all over the room, all of our campuses. Let's pray and ask God. Let's go to God. God, right now we say holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. God, right now I take authority in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit, the lies and the doubts that the enemy has put over your people who are standing. God, we cast them out. We cast them down. God, I pray that we'd be filled with such a feeling. God, we are standing in surrender, obedience, desperate for a move, desperate for you to see. God, for your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, as you pour out your Holy Spirit on us, I pray that it would overflow, that it would overflow, that it would overflow in such a way that anything in us, lies, addictions, doubts, hurts, habits, hangups, whatever, they, they would pour out and they would be covered covered by your love and by your grace. Please fill us. Please commission us. Please send us. Give us the boldness. Give us victory over sin. Give us fruits of the Spirit. Use us. We love you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. You guys can have a seat. Now, this is crazy. Some of us in the room are sitting here and this is crazy. Well, the reason that we're a little crazy is because our God was crazy for us first. The reason we can be desperate is because Jesus, God loved us desperately first. I, sending your one and only son to die a gruesome death for people who constantly turn their back on you, that sounds like the acts of a desperate man. And that's what God did. He sent Jesus to live a perfect life for the sole purpose to be sacrificed so we can have a relationship with God. If you've never started a relationship, today is your day. In Romans 10, 9, it says, it says that uh, if you confess to your mouth and believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and that God raised from the dead so that you could re receive eternal life, you will be saved. So it doesn't matter what you've done because Jesus' desperate love has covered it. So we're gonna pray as a family right now. And if you'd like to receive a relationship with Jesus. Today is your day. Let's pray. Say with me, say, Jesus, I know I've sinned, but I know you came in a desperate way to take my sins and to give me a relationship, to give me love. Fill me today with your love, with your grace, and with your Holy Spirit. I will live for you because you died for me. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you gave your life to Christ today, in the seat back pocket in front of you, there's something called a communication card. We would love for you to take that and fill it out. We're entering into our time of generosity right now, and we would love for you just to fill it out. Let us know you gave your life to Christ today and put it in the bucket so that we can support you, so we can pursue you, so that we can live a life of desperation together. There's no life more fulfilling no life. It's what you were created to do. So now we enter into our time of generosity. And we serve a desperately generous God. You know what I love about Faith Promise? Is we're not just, we're not just desperate locally. We're not just crazy about people getting saved and people having better lives locally. 
but we send missionaries all over the world. There, there's a couple that I, I just want to talk about just for a moment. Ben and Kristen Bukema, who, who they, you know, all, I knew them when, when we were growing up at Faith Promise, and they knew sign language and felt called to a, a deaf village in Jamaica. And so they went there, and actually, here's what's so cool, is that Ben... The, ben, the husband, he just got voted as the president of the Caribbean Center or Christian Center for the Deaf. So not only is he being a missionary and doing everything that he's called to do, but he is becoming a foundation for the full community. It's just a special thing to see God sending people from faith promise to the corners of the earth so that we can live and love desperately. It's amazing to be a part of something like that. That's why we give because we're desperate. We're desperate for the things, that we'll, the things that we can't take with us, which is souls and what God has told us to do. So as we prepare to be generous, because ge being generous is not an obligation. It is a gift. Being generous is a family matter. And I don't know about you, I do not deserve to be a part of, a part of God's family. I do not deserve to be a part of the Faith Promise family. So when I give, it is just out of crazy gratitude. Let's pray as we prepare to give. God, thank you so much for the chance, for the opportunity. Father, rest in this place. Let us experience your freedom. We love you. Thank you for the, this opportunity. Help us to be surrendered. Help us to be filled with your spirit for desperation to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's worship in our generosity.